Hi, everyone, and welcome to the ADHD Unmasked podcast. My name is Shanetta Trundle. I have been a working fashion professional for the last 11 years of my life. And let me tell you, it has been a struggle. No matter my work ethic or my determination, there was just, there's always something off. So at the age of 33, I decided to get an official diagnosis for ADHD. So now here I am a year later trying to navigate career, motherhood, and marriage with this newfound understanding of why I do what I do. Also in accepting myself, I'm no longer afraid of my quirks or if I need to ask for accommodations so that I can be the best version of myself in any environment. Along this journey, I have connected with so many people with ADHD. On this podcast, I will mainly speak with those who have been recently diagnosed to try to understand how they're navigating this new stage of their lives. I'm doing this in hopes that you will understand what it can mean to be a person with ADHD in a neurotypical world. Thanks again for listening, and let's get into this episode. So, hello. Um, this is now officially the ADHD Unmasked podcast. I am here with Laura Bambala. I always mess up your name. <laughs> it actually is like in our family, uh, Demetrius calls you Apple Valley Low, and that is just like literally, <laughs> that's, just, that's who you are. Um, but thank you again. So me and Laura recorded earlier, but now here's our re-record, um, which I guess I could cut out or keep it, but, um, I want to dive in really quickly, but first Laura, you give me your background. Can you tell us who you are? Um, what industry you worked in and what age were you diagnosed with ADHD? And I think that's it for now. Yeah. So Laura Bambala, um, I'm originally from the East Coast. I'm from Connecticut. Um, I live in Minneapolis currently. Um, I work in the fashion industry, apparel. I've been um, in the industry for oof, 21 years, 22 years. Um, went to FIT in New York City, lived in New York City for a while um, out of school, worked for some smaller companies and um, then moved over to the corporate side. Um, so I got diagnosed with ADHD, I want to say in 2020, um, or like the height of 2020 and, you know, late diagnosis, but I feel like it answered a lot of questions for me or just, it was, it was an aha moment that Mm -hmm. it all kind of made sense. And now as I look back at my childhood and different things that I experienced and, even just looking at my family members, like my father and mother, I'm just like, mm-hmm. oh, like now it's painting the picture. Um, and now I'm at a place where I'm actively getting resources or like finding hacks and and understanding how I can just make my life better, um, knowing mm-hmm. that I have a little bit of answers now, so. That's awesome. Um, And I I do want to dive into like some of the hacks because I know in our last conversation, uh, you were saying you were just like (laughs) free ball in life. Yeah, I was gonna name. (laughs) I was gonna name the episode actually free ball in life. Uh, How does ADHD affect your home life? 
So for me, this is where it really affects me more negatively, I will say, um, because I tend to hyper-focus on work stuff. Uh, things like self-care can be really difficult for me. Like I'll procrastinate a ton on the weekend. And it's like that those moments where I'm sitting on the couch and I have so much to do, like there's cleaning, there's laundry to be put away. And I just, I can't do it. It's like that immobility where I'm just physically like, there's too much going on. So I do nothing. Um, mm -hmm. Even just like, like having a routine. And I think that's why I tend to focus in on work because there's more of a routine. So like on the mm -hmm. weekend, like a free for all and just like home life is, you know, there's no structure. Um, mm -hmm. So that's where I struggle. Um, Steve is helpful where he like, he cooks, he, you know, does the laundry, but then me having to put it away or me having to like make a list <laughs> for mm -hmm. shopping, those tasks are really difficult. So we try to divide and conquer, but um, a lot of that stuff is difficult for me um, mm -hmm. when it impacts, like it's, it's all that added stress that I, I have a hard time overcoming and just getting it done like it's not as easy for me to be like yep i'm gonna wake up and or like even before bed if i depending on if i want to wash my hair at night or whatever like just going to take a shower mm -hmm. because it involves so many steps mm -hmm. that it's just it's a nightmare for me yeah <laughs> i do shower i, I don't you know I, what I mean like it's a, no i i just like I feel like with the shower, like my deterrent thoughts are, well, even if I do a quick shower, I still got to put lotion on, which is putting yeah. the lotion on is like the, I don't know why, yeah. but they're like, yeah. that, like, and to the point where I switched lotion, I switched from like a lotion that's um, like a regular outside of the shower lotion to an in-shower lotion, because I was like, okay, I'm wet. I don't have to worry about drying off. And then yeah. I won't forget, like, there's like... And then I switched to oil because that was easier, but then I have to put it like there's, but I'm like, but in, again, that's going to be like a 10 to 15 minute process. Then yep. it's going to be, I got to, I, well, I might as well brush my teeth and then I might as well floss and I might, well, yep. I might as well just, so I'm like, I don't really want to spend an hour. I just want to yeah. go to sleep. So, yeah. then, so those are usually my shower deterrents. But when I actually do take a shower, it probably takes five, 10 minutes. Unless yep. I'm like in there vibing out and like, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah. And then the oil, maybe the, like it takes a while, but it doesn't. But, you know, it's you're right. It feels like there are so many steps to do something. Yeah. And I, I might have saw a TikTok or something where someone explained it like non-neurodivergent people don't think about all those steps. They just like go, mm -hmm. brush, go take a shower. And I was like, mm -hmm. what? They don't like actually think like every time I go to do something. I have to physically think about like the steps or like the tasks at hand. Mm -hmm. so, I don't know if that's ADHD, if that's ASD, I don't, you know, who knows, but. Yeah. I feel like I was, I remember trying to like do laundry. I was like, okay, I got two hours of the boys being gone. Demetrius took Damascus to get his haircut and took Duke too. So he can like get used to going to the barbershop. Mm -hmm. Anyway. So I was like two hours, okay, I'm gonna put all these clothes away. And I got this new closet system from Ikea because I saw a neurodivergent creator saying she doesn't 
put clothes away in drawers anymore. She just gives everybody these individual baskets. I'm like, I ain't like how that looked. So then I was like, okay, I'm going to do something similar, but like more structured. So I was like, okay, I'll put all these things away. And I, I don't think I got to any of it. I like started, I was like, oh, well, I got to put an extra drawer in there. And then that uh-huh. was a whole step. Then I was like applying for um, like Upwork jobs. And then I was just like, and then they got home and I was like, oh, but yesterday we put a ton of stuff away. Like my son's um, Damascus um, room has like baskets, like um, they're not like regular baskets. They're like, like these wooden kind of crates, but they kind of open a little bit. So that's been kind of helpful at least. So it's like, I take the pressure off of me to like fold and mm-hmm. then just throw it in there so it's still separated by like undies and shirts and i feel like that's been helpful but even going to the closet because i'm complicated i was like okay this is gonna be easy and then i was like no i should throw up some wallpaper so then i had to wait for the wallpaper yep. to arrive then put up the wallpaper then i had to like go through and like make it look more seamless and then i was out of paper so then i had to like cut the edges like yeah. it was just like all this extra shit. then we finally put it up and then it's just like, huh. Yeah, it's always like was we, okay. we make things more difficult for ourselves, yes. but like there's no way around it. Mm-mm. It just doesn't. So I'm like, I want to be happy and I want to use this yeah. space. And if I want to be happy and use this space correctly, <laughs> and it do, I like it. I like it. It, make, it does make me happy. So it's like, yeah. and I feel like it's way better than just having a ton of clothes in the baby's crib that we have never used. Um, and just like digging through every morning, like well, he needs a sock, you know, and it's, so it's, it is a helpful system. Um, but yeah, I definitely made it more complicated. Um, and I will say like, there's days where I, again, will hyper-focus and like get everything done, but most mm-hmm. days are not like that. It's like not a consistent no pattern in my life. Like most days I'm living out of a laundry bin of clean clothes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Some random days I get the energy and motivation like okay we're gonna get it done everything like looks pristine and that lasts for an hour or a day you know Um, do you ever be like oh I'm about to run out of steam like I was like I gotta get this done because I know this isn't gonna last long and I'm like yeah I know yeah yeah um what was I about to say so what what systems do you have you tried to incorporate even with let's just say laundry because you can't tackle everything Well, what have you tried to? One thing that I've discovered, and if I think back about my childhood, I used to be like a really avid reader, like when I was real young. Um, like I read like Stephen King novels, and I had no business reading those when I was a child, uh, like ten <laughs> years old. But I was like really into like scary books and just like reading novels. And then I lost it, like in high school. I just got all the Cliff Notes we used to have. They were like basically mm-hmm. thinking. Um, but I skimmed through things like I, I just I couldn't keep my attention like on mm-hmm. books, right? It was really boring. But now I've discovered audiobooks and I feel like it's brought back some of that passion that mm-hmm. I was missing for such a long time. So I'll try to combine one of my hacks is I'll combine like I'll put on an audiobook and put laundry away. And it just mm-hmm. it keeps me engaged and I think it gives me a little bit of that dopamine I need. So Mm -hmm. I'll do that, like in order to work out, I'll watch, like I'll walk on the treadmill and watch a show. 
So I try to like mm -hmm. save things so they feel like a reward um, mm -hmm. while I'm doing a task that I don't want to do. Mm -hmm. That's been helpful um, to try to kind of get through some of that. Um, I think putting a bra on is really important. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I know it sounds weird, like putting on shoes and putting on a bra. So I got like house shoes. So now I have those. Um, mm -hmm but I can't do anything if I don't have a bra on. Like I can't be productive. It's just some mental, I don't know. I feel like that's me without context. If I don't have, even if like, so even if I put my glasses on, which mm -hmm. I cannot find, which is like something my mom used to do all the time. She's like, where are my glasses? I'm like, girl, and now I'm my mom. But um, yeah, unless I have my contacts in, let alone one contact bothers me and I take another out. So then it's like, I'm living with one contact. Like I cannot yep. get it. I just feel sleep with glass. Yeah. I feel like I'm asleep. So then I yeah. always have to like have my contacts in. Um, but I am wearing shoes right now. I, I did follow yeah. that after our last conversation. I definitely like followed that because I feel like that definitely helps. Oh, yeah. Um, so like I have only shoes that I only like wear inside and I have, um, I, what did I get? Those, I don't know what kind, they're called hacklingers, I think. They're from, I don't know, they're real, they're like clogs. They, they're not mm -hmm. cute, but I got them. And they're supposed to be like good for your feet. So the foot doctor like recommended them. So I wear oh, those. Nice. They're just like, they look like a grandma from Vermont would wear them, you know, like they're like the wool. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Just, I just feel like we all gonna end up turning into like art teachers. So yeah, like, I'm, just, yeah. I'm like, I like, oh, I'm not wearing all three of my necklaces today, but I'm like, I had like just chains. Like eventually mm -hmm. the wraps will start to come, and yep. eventually we'll all just look like, you know, what is it? Um, what do I think? Of, what is it? The like in Ghost pottery? Oh, like, yeah, yeah, pottery. Yeah. It's always the pottery teachers. There were always yep. like. <laughs> my my therapist said she was like uh, I know I don't dress like a typical therapist. This was before we were even working from home, so this was like she's like you know I don't always have a ton of wraps on, and I'm like and yeah. that just busts out and like not a ton of turquoise. <laughs> and I'm like yeah, but I love I love my therapist. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I know we talked about self care last time yeah. as well, but how what does your self care routine look like? Oh. And I know we talked about shower, but like if you had a consistent, like what is your favorite thing to do for yourself? It's going for walks. The problem is it's hard for me. Mm -hmm. Like even taking the time. And I think you you sent me, uh, I think that Instagram thing yesterday or this week where the- Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he explained it the so diary. well. I have to start thinking about self-care. Like it's my job. Mm -hmm. because otherwise it's not like I'll sit down at the computer for the day and I'll just work. I won't even get up to go to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. I'll just work. Cause I just get, you know, when you get in the zone, you just get in the zone. And mm -hmm. then I'm like, Oh, it's four o'clock. I haven't drank water all day. I haven't done. Mm -hmm. And I have these plans in my mind to like, yep, I'm going to wake up, go for a walk, but it just doesn't happen. So mm -hmm. the, that is my favorite self-care routine. I'm in the process of trying to get that to happen every day. Yeah. Um, and now that the kids are back in school, I think I have more of a routine to help me get there. Um, yes, I'm like just being able to get up earlier because you yeah. have to drop somebody off. Like we dropped yeah. Damascus off at like 7.30. 
So then mm-hmm. that like just makes our day. It gives you more hours in the day, honestly. Yeah. So yeah. Because yeah. we I mean, we've been sleeping in for mm-hmm. all summer. <laughs> you know? like, did y'all do we we were like, oh, we're gonna practice and get up real early. We never yeah. did the practice. We we made it on time. We've been making it on time all week. Yeah. So it's been fun. It's been fun. Yeah. But, but that's what I love because then I can I can listen to music, podcasts, like I can listen to audiobook, you know. And even if it's just like a mile around the block, but I like going for longer mm-hmm. walks. Um, that's kind of one of my favorite things to do. We talked about work-life balance and you are working towards that. So are you working with a therapist, ADHD coach, or like what, how are you working with your ADHD? Like how are you actively working with it? Um, I am not. I probably... need to be in therapy. I just have not done that yet. (laughs) Um, I'll get there just for personal family, you know, all the things Mm -hmm. um, that everyone goes to therapy for. I haven't worked with the ADHD coach. I feel like I collect a lot of resources, like either through social media or like online. Um, I listen to a lot of podcasts. um, Mm -hmm. So I I feel like I collect my community. And then even just talking to peers um, is always helpful. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, I haven't, aside from getting the diagnosis officially, I haven't um, done anything to Mm -hmm. try to work on it. It's all kind of like (laughs) on me. (laughs) I've been figuring Mm -hmm. it out, you know. I will Mm -hmm. say I was on medication initially to try to... um, I take the first step there and it worked. It really, really worked. I, I remember taking it and being like, what people take this recreationally? Like, I don't understand. I, don't like, understand just, how, yeah. what is, I, I wonder what it does for them. That's the, I, like, maybe it does something cool for them. I don't know. But, yeah. For me, it's quieted my mind um, mm-hmm. because I have, you know, thoughts going 24 seven. Um, and it, it just really quieted things so I can focus just on everything and not just like one thing at a time. Um, mm-hmm. But I have a high heart rate. So stimulant medications for me, as we started really low, and then we went up and up just to like get me the proper dose. And I knew I needed more. And mm-hmm. my heart rate was already like Apple Watch alerts. And I'm just sitting there on the couch. And it was like, your heart rate is 120. And I'm like, I can't. I can't mm-hmm. do this, you know. So that's where I say, like, I'm just freeballing life right now. I just mm-hmm. maybe attempt other medications um, in the future, but I want to talk to my doctor about, like, you know, is there anything else I might be missing, like magnesium or I don't know, anything that can like help me, um, mm-hmm. like get some blood work panels um, done. Maybe I'm lacking some vitamins. I don't know. Yeah, I think a lot of people, we always, it's always a bit, you probably lack in vitamin D. That's what they always say. Um, But yeah, there are, I mean, there are ways, there are alternative ways to control ADHD. Um, And exercise. Exercise Exercise is huge. Exercise is huge. But then you can't move. I know. Girl, (laughs) I'm like, literally, I have my Peloton in the basement. I I was like, (laughs) Girl, or I have my echelon, (laughs) but the Peloton membership. And I remember they took me down to three classes per month. I was like, oh, man, that sucks. 
I have not hit them. Have not. Yeah. So it's really, it's fine. Um, I know. But yeah, no, it's it's exercise, being gluten free, dairy free, mm-hmm. um, cutting your shit, like all of those things would really help. But it's hard because those things also make you feel cozy. And, uh-huh. you know, so. Absolutely. Like, I know I'm not supposed to be eating gluten, and I just ate a bagel. Just ate a bagel. And I was like, well, I should make a smoothie. I'm not going to make a bagel. I'll make a smoothie. I'm like, oh, no orange juice. Yes, I have to make a bagel. Like, it was like, I probably could have made it with oat milk or anything. I was like, well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, one thing else I was going to say to you, I don't know if you ever heard of this. And I used to use this when I was working. And I need to start using it more now is the Pomodoro app. Have you ever seen those? Mm-hmm. It's like. Um, it literally is a timer. And so it helps you time. Like, say you say, I want to sit down for an hour to do this. And then it gives you periodic breaks. So you can get up to get up pee or eat or you can create how long you want your uh, time in the timer to be. It can be, I use it consistently for like maybe two weeks. Um, but it can be nice to implement because it can like help you you know, do your bodily functions and yeah. <laughs> you know, like like listen to your body. Um, and also like going down a rabbit hole, like being able to stop yourself. Cause like mm-hmm. usually when I know I'm spending too much time to doing something, I'm like, Shanetta, you need to stop. Shanetta, you need to stop. Shanetta, you need to stop. And I don't listen. Like mm-hmm. I know, and I'm like, Shanetta, you need to stop. And that is, um, so when you have an alarm going off and it's like, great job, you can now rest. It's, I don't know. It's somewhat helpful. So yeah, um, yeah I'll look into it. Yeah. I I just, like, I'll send you the link. Yeah. I um will try different things. And I think I've just come to the realization that it's okay that I'm just gonna do it for a little bit mm-hmm. and not be consistent like and then go back to it maybe eventually when I need it again. Yeah. And like I use different tools at different times. Mm-hmm. And I think I get into this self. I don't know, self-sabotage or like self-loathing about like, oh, that didn't work I out. I used to do that. Yeah. No. So, and it's just really I, like, okay, you can just try it again another time. Like, yeah. run to the next that, What you came to that conclusion, my ADHD coach told me. So yeah. she told me like, she was like, you probably gonna want to change things every three to four weeks. Yeah. And I was like, oh. And so it kind of also makes you not feel so bad that your mind, <laughs> your mind gets bored doing it. So it's like, oh, this is great. And this is what I'll do for the rest of my life. And like, yeah. no, no, you'll do it for three weeks. Um, yep. And that is, <laughs> you're right. It is okay. It's like, it's accepting, you know, these things aren't permanent and that's, that's all right. There mm-hmm. are so many tools to keep trying. Um, mm-hmm. And like, I feel like with my notebook, one thing like I had, I tried a ton of different books. The best notebook that I have is just completely blank. It's just completely mm-hmm. blank. Completely yeah. blank. So some days I'll write sideways. I actually actually was writing sideways in a meeting one day and somebody commented on it and I was like, oh, well, maybe I'll do that. <laughs> like I was like, okay, cool. But I, I feel so much freedom in it and I feel like I feel less um less issues when I with this um notebook, but I always like to have it with me. Um, and then I like to use my whiteboards. I love a whiteboard and that gives mm-hmm. me like the count. I do my whiteboard for my calendar. Yep. Um, so 
find out there are there are different things that different tools and like sometimes I'm really good at it and then sometimes it's gonna switch out and then like you said it's okay. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you another question. How has ADHD uh, affected how you view yourself? Well, as I said before, I think having the diagnosis just kind of it clicked a lot of things. Just even like mm -hmm. understanding certain things in my childhood or how I showed up and people I gravitate towards. Now I'm like mm -hmm. looking at all my friends. So I'm like, oh yeah, we all we all got ADHD. Even my husband, like Steve, has tendencies. I'm like, he needs to see stuff. Like if we put it away in a basket, like you know, it's gone forever. It. Yeah, it's gone forever. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't know, it just, it made thing it made me understand myself better. Um, mm -hmm. so it was an aha that now it's like, okay, now from here, where do I go? Just like having that, I think diagnosis and just understanding helped me dive in more. Mm -hmm. me. Um, do you ever go around, like my issue now is over diagnosing other people. <laughs> Because I see it so clearly. I had an interview this morning with this guy for from he was HR from a company. Mm -hmm. And within the first few seconds, I knew he was like, I tend to talk really fast and I kind of can be all over the place. So if I talk too much, you know, don't want don't mind inter interrupting me. And it was just like and he was like, and I broke a lot of phones and dropped a lot of phones. And, and I was like, he was like, Well, I'm in the army. So I'm like, oh, okay, okay. But I'm like, like well, why you lose those phones <laughs> you know like so yeah, yeah but I, I could tell i was like but i am like Shanetta, this is not the moment yeah <laughs> to tell this man over the phone that you cannot see that you have never met that he may have adhd but then another person i met with i told him i had talked to him for like an hour and yep. then once i finally said that he was like oh i think my son may have it but um but i'm not sure about me and then i started just he kind of starts saying things about him. I was like, oh yeah, child, yes. So yeah. is it hard to not diagnose people? Like once you see it, it just makes. Yeah, and it, it's, especially with like coworkers too, I'm kind of questioning knowing that like people that I'm close with have like all been pretty open about like their diagnosis or like suspected diagnoses. So then when I come across people, I'm like, oh, especially in design, because I feel mm -hmm. like, creative fields it just it's a part of our nature i guess um but mm -hmm. I, I i guess i don't seek out to to diagnose people really but it's in my mind you know i think about it yeah i just I, my sister had to tell me at uh, my other sister's baby shower please don't tell everybody they got ADHD. and then i was like i so then at the table we were talking and i did not bring it up and a girl volunteered that she was getting oh, tested there you i go. was like if they volunteer i know what i know Um, so, but let's get into the conversation we were had prior to recording was yeah. about how you believe maybe you, you have received some privilege, um, that has helped you in your career despite your ADHD or yeah. with your ADHD in comparison to, um, the experiences of, you know, women of color, people of color with ADHD and how we may be treated in the yeah, industry. Absolutely. I feel like if I look over my the course of my career and I've 
often, I mean, I've never received any negative feedback that it pertains to how I show up at work. Um, how my ADHD shows up at work is very hyper-focused. Like I love what I do, right? But I, I get very hyper-focused at work. I tend to spend time, too much time probably on things. Um, and then my home life is another story, right? Like that's where all the, the mess and kind of self-care um, work needs to be done. But if I think about feedback that I've received and, you know, how my ADHD has benefited me, it may, it has made me question of like, okay, so am I almost, um, like I am not penalized for it. Like I'm being rewarded mm -hmm. because I show up in a different way and I might have like a different approach to problem solving. So mm -hmm. I see my neurodivergence as a superpower, but that also comes with privilege, right? Because of the color mm -hmm. of my skin. Um, and I, I keep myself or I try to keep myself like aware of that in the environments I'm in, knowing that neurodivergence is like one of those, um, things that's it's starting to be talked about more and more but how does bias come into that too um mm -hmm. is important to dissect mm -hmm. because my experience looks very different than others and i mm -hmm. know that yeah i i think um you know i would i'd like a part of me is like yes i feel like yes your experience looks different and i think there's other contributing factors like i believe you have that super adhd but the even the super adhd when times are tough it, things fall apart yeah and i know when things fell apart for me i don't believe i got as much grace mm. and when i came back from maternity leave it was very um I don't know. There just seemed to be a lack of sympathy, which I which I felt like there should have been um, because and I'm like, well, maybe the people just don't understand because, you know, maybe they don't have children. Like I always try to empathize with what's happening. But I feel like I remember when one of my coworkers, when I first started at our last company, I was still nursing. My son was 10 months and I was still pumping. And one of my coworkers, after she had a baby, she came back and she was like, I'm so sorry, I was so hard on you. I don't even understand how you did it. And this person also is neurodivergent, but uh, you know, um, and it, this person also suspected I was neurodivergent, but didn't tell me anyway, that's a whole nother story. But the moment where they said, oh, you know, I'm sorry. I like, they had to experience something to empathize with me. And so some things, if you will never experience it, you uh, you won't know how to empathize and some like but when you are have ADHD you just usually empathize you know so yeah. you know but I don't know I always I'm always questioning that like am I just really terrible at everything or do people take me you know having I remember I had an outburst at work and I like clapped my hands and I was like you know what I'm I can't and that was so blown up to like like as if is it like it was like the worst thing that I could have done, and I was like, all I did was clap my hands, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But when black women are overly expressive, um, it's seen or not overly. So we just are expressive. We don't, you know, mask um, or police ourselves. We will eventually be policed, and so um, 
you know, I, I even at my first job, I'm just thinking my my manager, she was Vietnamese, um, but she would be able to throw tantrums. And I hate to say this because I'm like, but I also think our our other our boss was fetishizing her a little bit because I saw like how he interacted with her. He was a married man. Child, it was a mess. He was a married man. And we were in the car together. And I was just seeing he was like all in her. It was gross. But she was able to throw a tantrum, throw things on the floor. And then I remember I started to like kind of do her behavior, which was really weird. I don't know why I took that on. And I was like, and then I I threw a binder. And I was like, this isn't what I'm doing. What's wrong? This isn't me. But anyway, um, apparently there was a lady who said like, well, something needs to be done about that girl. And I was like, I got called uppity at that job. I was, I experienced like a lot of, like now I see it's blatant racism. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like others are excused for bad behavior. And I've always tried since I was young, even like a teenager, if I'm thinking like to watch, I'm like, I don't want to be seen as this loud ghetto girl. And it's regardless of everything that I've tried to do sometimes it, it doesn't matter because it's not a stereotype that I created. It's just like what people have in their minds. And yeah. it's, you know, when I've gotten painted in the past or anytime like as being like this angry black woman, like I've been like, I've always tried to shy away from it, but I'm just a passionate person. Yeah. And coming to that realization that it's okay to be passionate and that it's neurodivergent too, it's okay to be passionate about things and expressive as long as you aren't disrespectful. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, you don't always get that opportunity when you are a black woman and yeah. you don't always get, you definitely don't get the grace um, because mm-hmm. people either when I, when I walked into our place of employment, it's hard not to say it, but like, yeah. I just felt like this sense of, I should feel grateful Mm-hmm. And I'm only, I feel like for the most part, I only got negative feedback. I never got feedback without, even if it was, you're doing great, it was, but you got to fix this. And it just, it always, I'm so much happier now that I'm not in that place because it was just a constant berating of things that I could not do that were so minuscule and menial to the point that I am in my career. Um but it's just certain shit I can do. And um, anyway, not to go on and on, but yeah, I just, it, you just, it, you always just end up questioning, like, is it me? Yeah. Am I really that bad? Am I really that terrible? You know, like, or is it's it just, they have, they have their own biases and they see, you know, me or other black people as different and, there's still some lack of human connection that they don't unwillingly, they don't know, like they don't see us as like, this is just another girl. This is mm. just another, like, you know, it's, it's, it's just, yeah, it's hard. I actually went to um, a daycare. My son's daycare is actually in transition. And I had this conversation with a new director. So my daycare is trying to merge with this other daycare. Okay. And the new director is a white woman um, in her 70s, I would say. And oh. I was having this conversation about, you know, biases towards little black boys. And 
she did not understand what I was saying. And she literally mm -hmm. proved my point. And she said, yeah, black children are more mature or they look more mature. And I'm like, they don't. And no. then she was like, well, they hold it. I mean, they hold their bodies a certain way. I'm like, no, they don't. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Black children yeah. are the same. Like they are, I want my child's rambunctiousness or his, you know, like Damascus is not afraid of anything. Like I want yeah. that seen as, you know, he is just really, not even just, but he's, what is it? He's fearless. That's what people say yeah. when, he's in the, when he's in the pool. They like, oh, he's fearless. And I'm like, I'm not. And this is why I'm like over here having a panic attack. Um, yes. But mm -hmm. yeah, but I know that's something he's going to face. Especially, which I'm happy Damascus is not. Damascus is not going to that daycare. But um, and then Duke isn't either. So I'm going to have to pull him out. But um, I just when I went to that space, though, it was beautiful. Once I had that conversation with her mm -hmm. and she just kept saying really silly like racist, well-intentioned older white woman things. And it was so mm -hmm. bad. And she was like, oh yeah, well, we're, it's gonna have to go both ways. I'm like, what do you mean it's gonna have to go both ways? And then she was afraid that the little kids went in like integrate. I'm like, girl, the kids, they gonna run to each other. They don't like, it's, yeah. especially yeah. Ba literally, literal babies and toddlers. <laughs> yeah. And so, but, um, but oh yeah, I was going back to like the biases. Like people don't understand mm -hmm. that they have these biases until they're yeah. confronted with it. And then she was so defensive when I was saying certain things. And I feel like that happens in the corporate space. It's just not, um, it's not kosher or it's not okay for those people who feel that defensiveness to actually express it. So they may um, express it in different ways, you know? Yeah. And yeah. especially if those people have power. So yeah. um, it is unfortunate. And it always leaves me confused as to why this person didn't get fired, but my ass got fired. <laughs> you know, like, it's just like. Yeah. It makes you second guess yourself. And it's it's yeah. hard to understand or know how to fix something, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So um, thank you for bringing that subject up. Yeah. But. So now let's get back into it. Um, do you feel like you have the support you need at work and in your personal life to manage your ADHD? And what would you, now that we've talked, this is like a month after original conversation when I asked you this, yeah. what do you think you need at work? At work. I'm going to ask you at work because I know you feel like at work, I, I'm good. I'm good. But I feel like it's, yeah. it affects everything else. I've been thinking about this a lot lately, especially with a lot of the chatter around return to the office, right? And mm -hmm. I truly, I mean, I've been doing this almost four years now, like working remotely pretty much. I've noticed that I am a lot, even though I have my struggles like in work from home environment of like self-care, like, oh yeah, remembering to like get up and go to the bathroom and drink water. I feel like I can, that flexibility just benefits me. Um, mm -hmm. Because if I remember my time in the office, I was chatting it up. You know what I mean? I don't mm -hmm. know how I got things done, but like I was constantly at people's desks talking, oh, let's go for a walk here. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe we didn't have as many meetings as we do now. So I worry a bit. I think I would need to maintain some sort of remote 
work mm -hmm. environment for me to continue to be successful. Um, because when I find myself going into the office for certain things, those days are so draining. Mm -hmm. And then I find myself working till whatever time at night to get actual work done because mm -hmm. the time that I'm in the office, I'm doing other things. So I'm there with a purpose. So those are some things that I'm starting to think about of like what I would need and be, need to be supported like going mm -hmm. forward. I mean, right now there's no official anything. Um, it's truly, a, a you know, remote flexible environment um mm -hmm. you know so our teams are pretty supportive to go in as needed um so that's something that's kind of top of mind for me of like okay what would it look like if there was any sort of like mandates right um mm -hmm. or you have to go in twice a week you know um mm -hmm. that would be i think really hard for me even though it would create structure it i don't know I, I would find it hard. You won't be as efficient for work. Yeah. Getting work yeah. done. Yeah. I have, now that I, we've been home for so long, it's I have my work streams and I kind of know what um, what needs to be done when. And I just have a lot more knowing that there's no visual interference and like, mm -hmm. you know, open area desks. Like, I can just focus on what I, I wonder who they did that for. Like why they decide maybe it just saved money. I don't know why don't everybody know. has to have like a ball pit and yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so who knows? We'll see going forward. But I think as far as other than that, I think you know, the the level where I'm at now as a director level and like leader, like I have a team of four people mm -hmm. now that uh, report into me you did your job did shift so how oh, did. yeah yeah so how has that because i always think adhd people are very empathetic leaders mm -hmm. yes so how do you feel like that taking on that leadership role has that affected your workload how has that affected how um you know you lead people yeah so it's affected my workload quite a bit because you know i went from zero people mm -hmm. that i had to like officially lead you know i was always a leader on the team but in like more of a mentor capacity mm -hmm. so this is like officially like i'm writing reviews you know um mm -hmm. really coaching them career development all of that so and that was on top of what i'm already doing so the biggest str struggle is understanding what I need to step away from and like what I need to delegate. And it's a continued struggle because part of me still wants to maintain my job and like what I was hired to do. So like mm -hmm. giving some of that up feels weird, but I found certain ways of like, do I need to be in this meeting? No, the team's got it. Cause I have seniors on my team, like they can lead things um, mm -hmm. and everyone's pretty like seasoned in their careers and roles. Um, but I also onboarded a new designer this year too, that's on my team and my direct report. So, um, nice. it's, yeah, it's just, it's kind of a, a daily struggle still to understand mm -hmm. priorities, you know, like where do I, mm -hmm. where do I need to be? Um, I've taken a lot of leadership trainings and one was pretty, um, insightful that I just took, I think last week. And it was about prioritization. Um, mm -hmm. And I know a lot of the trainings aren't maybe 
focus for, you know, neurodivergent people, you know, it's just kind of mm -hmm. general, but I, it was interesting when I took it, they used an example of how you prioritize, like some things are truly glass balls and some things are plastic. And mm -hmm. so you had to, you did this exercise of like list out in your life or in your work life, like what's plastic and what's um, glass. And so you mm -hmm. obviously want to protect those things that are glass first. Mm -hmm. Everything I wrote down as much as I love work and I prioritize work, it made me realize that everything at work is plastic because I thought mm -hmm. of it as a bouncing ball that mm -hmm. goes to other people and like we're all one team that can get it mm -hmm. done. So if something mm -hmm. drops, it's fine. It's plastic. Like no one's going to die, nice, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. so, but like my kids, my husband, like my self-care, my health, like those are things that I need to shift my energy towards um, because those are truly glass, you know? Mm -hmm. so that helped in kind of reframing my mind about work a little bit too um, and thinking about those things as plastic and that they can bounce. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, you can let go a little bit too. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what yeah. I've been trying to do. Um, but I think as a leader, I'm definitely down to earth. I'm very empathetic. Um, I'm, I don't know. I try not to be as buttoned up and informal. And I think my team appreciates that too. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like to me, I think one thing that I've learned, this is kind of just a sidebar, like with like people to train someone to get like to the next step is going to be, is hard only because, especially they're neurodivergent because mm. to get to the next step from what I have seen, and this is it, you, it's almost like you have to play a game. Mm. And I think when you're neurodiverse, you don't like, I don't want to play the game. I just want to do my work. Why can't I just do my work? And I feel like I've run into that. So like so many people like, I just want to do my work. I want to do what's right. And like, we have like this strong sense of justice and all those things. And I'm like, yeah, but girl, you just need to show up and play the game. Just yeah, as, as, as simple, but you can't see it when you're in it. Mm -hmm. It's very murky and mucky. Yeah. Cause the work yeah. itself is not that difficult when you like, we have a certain skill set, you got it, yeah. but you got to prove your work. You got to show your work. So everything you did, you got to make sure they know and make sure you tell them all the time and then, mm -hmm. but do it in a certain way to where it's being received and not seen as braggadocious or you're not calling people out. Like, yeah. it's, like after I, you know, after I was fired, I'm like, Oh, I get it. Like, but like yeah. the core, but what's to the core of me, it's difficult to do those things. It's the best I like, it's like, oh, like I was talking to my friend who's trying to get a job and I was like, she was like, so wait, I just got to pretend. I was like, yes, you just have to. She also, she has a language, but she's, she, English is not her first language. And mm -hmm. um, she's also neurodivergent. She just found out her mom used to slip her medicine since she was three. So now, Stop. and I was like, no wonder I, I was like, no wonder we clicked. She's actually my old roommate from when i used to live in new york and we've been talking in like the last few weeks about like trying to help her. like she moved back to new york she's trying to find a job and you know she's just like well why can't i say this and i was like girl like i'm like i know this is how you feel i understand mm -hmm. she was like well why do i gotta do it? i was like girl i don't know it's just how you gotta do it i don't know yeah yeah 
it's like it's so simple. It's sometimes sometimes it's like it's so simple, but it's just not true to who you are. Mm, yeah. So then that's another. That's what I mean. That's why I don't. I if I I don't want to go back to corporate. I'm just like I don't. Yeah. I don't think it's like like working hard doesn't seem like it's always rewarded as opposed mm. to being able to, if you do something, you show, you tell everybody. Yeah, you have to make it known. Um, you gotta let people know, because otherwise people would be like, oh, okay, you you just keep working hard, girl. Here's some more work. <laughs> you are rewarded with it's work. It's hard, even small companies. I mean, any sort of like corporate, you know, definitely has its own any corporate company you have to navigate. Um, yeah. I I just sent one of my direct reports, a really good, this woman I follow on TikTok, her name's Tessa, I forget her last name, but she just like hits it on the head of like, here's what you need to do. Like, this is what happens behind closed doors. Like you need to be doing this, this and this. And like, this is how you not play the game, but like she comes at it from like, a, she, I think she was in HR and like corporate companies mm. for like a long time and like really high level and her she has a book and now i wish i knew so, I was like send me the link do I mean, you follow me on tiktok yeah. I, I don't think i follow you on tiktok i follow you um uh, okay. i have i have like two videos i think they're private it's like of my kids doing something peak pandemic um i'll pull it up right now she's just really good um because i have her book what is it oh tessa white the unspoken truths for career success. The way she breaks it down in her book, it's not just like, oh, you got to do all these things. She really breaks it down on like where you, if you're new to your career, these are the things you should be working on. If you're mm. in your middle, this is kind of what you should be working on. And it's just, it's a good way, especially for people that are maybe not in leadership to kind of understand what leaders look for i don't know i thought it was really mm -hmm. insightful and i i took a lot away from her book just personally as like understanding mm -hmm. the world of corporate and whatever but even in my experience in smaller companies it's you know as a neurodivergent it can be hard to understand like do you need to do certain things to grow or do you want to just like do your job and like be great at it, you know? Mm -hmm. Those things don't always get rewarded the way they should, you know? Yeah, they they really don't. But also like, and I'm not saying it's from a negative space either. I just like, to me, this is just like, I don't know, it's like almost like just kind of like me seeing stuff like, oh, this is what, oh, okay. I should have done this, 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 yeah. versus this, 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 and, then like it yeah it's just almost like hindsight is really 2020. Mm -hmm. um but yeah. no that sounds like an awesome book and i'm i'll yeah. link it too in um in the, the show notes because i have yeah. show notes now um <laughs> i don't know i mean um how would you oh what would you change about your adhd brain if you could and the question after that is how would you describe your adhd to someone else one thing I could change is I, I wish I, I could pause more instead mm. of, I tend to react, not in like a bad way, but just like my mind's going so fast that I'll just be like, oh, I'll do this or whatever. And I feel mm -hmm. like I need to just take a breath and like pause mm -hmm. and then, not, you know, remember that when I'm in my 
hyper focused. Like I don't have to do everything all at once. Like kind of taking a step back, um, mm-hmm. having that pause, I think is something I'm, I wish I could have more easily. I see it a lot in other people. Mm-hmm. And those are things I'm like, oh, you know, I wish I could just chill out or like, I don't know, not worry so much about things mm-hmm. that like nobody else worries about. Um, and what was the other question? What do I like about my Oh, yeah. Well, I didn't ask that. But what do you do? Oh. What do you like about it? <laughs> that was the question. I said, but I would. Yes. What do you like about your ADHD? Um, I do like how I can how I view the world or view problem solving. I think I have in other ADHD people, especially in design, are able to compartmentalize and like look at things differently with like a different lens. Like things just come easy to me sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like I'll be in a meeting or we're trying to work through a problem and the answer to me is like very clear. Then Mm -hmm. I look around and it's like there's all this conversation and I'm like, what are we spinning our wheels on? Like it's answers right here, you know? So that's Mm -hmm. what I like about being able to problem solve and do people actually take it in because that's something like I would say something and people would be resistant for so long and I would like but one of the last things I was resist like I was could think of we were switching from Canva to Adobe and I was like you know Adobe has their own version of Canva it's called Adobe XD we should or not Adobe it was called Adobe Express like let's just use that why aren't we using that? And they were like, oh, we need to use XD. Maybe we need to use InDesign. We can't use the cloud. We need, oh, and I remember I was like, and I said it in like three meetings and they still didn't listen. I was like, and they were like, I guess we'll just really have to use Canva. And I'm like, they said we can't use Canva and we have Adobe. Like, but we can't yeah. use the cloud. I'm like, we always use the fucking cloud. <laughs> it was just, it would be yeah. so, it was so frustrating. Yeah, let's say it depends. Sometimes we'll get back we'll eventually get there but mm-hmm. like it takes longer than i want it to i'm like no it's like very simple and like other people don't see it as get to it yeah yeah like they're not like they have to have all these conversations about it and i'm like but it's right i see this is yeah. where i that blows me because i feel like that's the opposite with like so with neurodivergence like trying to buy something at the grocery store that that's the struggle for me to be like okay well, how many about what kind of cereal if we do this like you know mm-hmm. that becomes like a complicated but if it's something as like like you said like that at work where it's like it's just such a simple problem like can we just get to it yeah but then y'all go into the grocery store and knowing what to get even if i have a list yeah then they, i'm giving more options that i didn't expect yeah then it's overwhelming so yeah yeah um right. all right and last question is how would you describe your adhd to oh. someone who never heard of it uh, this one's hard because I, I feel like I have a hard time sometimes articulating my own thoughts. A lot of things sound better to me in my own head. And mm-hmm. when I write things down versus mm-hmm. when it comes out of my mouth, like it just doesn't come out as eloquent. Um, so how would I describe my ADHD brain? I would say I am a high functioning procrastinator. Mm-hmm. that hyper focuses um on things that bring me joy mm-hmm. you know and that's how my brain works so it's got to bring me joy to like 
have me pay attention to it. I like it. Yeah. It's a great answer. One thing I want to tell you, um, I think what, I don't know if you do this already, but keeping a journal and doing some self-reflection a few times mm -hmm. a week, that is, I won't say I don't do it consistently, but when I did take my leave of absence, like actually writing things down and just like sitting by myself and thinking about things mm -hmm. really helps. And like you said, like that priority glass or bubble, that can be yeah. something you do daily or a few times a week. Yeah. And like just sitting back and looking at your full week in like real like perspective and like doing an itinerary for your week, but just sitting still with yourself in silence, mm. even um, sitting on the floor and grounding yourself that like even my ADHD coach told me that too. Like um, she was like, what would a perfect situation look like for you to get work done? And then yeah. I literally had to picture what I like. I'm like, I need to be sitting in a comfy seat. I need to be like, the vibes have to be right. And then she was like, what do the vibes have to look like? And then you go into like what that looks like and then trying to set that up for yourself. Now, again, it don't happen very often. I don't think it ever <laughs> happened with you, but at least I pictured it. And I think that like just doing self-reflection is a huge part of ADHD and like, like, managing it because you can't always see what you're doing yeah. you know especially when you off when you on medication you can kind of see yourself a little bit like mm -hmm. but it's almost kind of robotic which is weird too it's almost like out of body like i've been on and off on and off for the last few weeks yeah. and i'm like i went when i went to that thing yesterday and i was like i'm in a room of grown women and i know that i am also a grown woman however i decided to sit on the floor during the middle of our meeting and I was like, that could have come off really fucking strange. And <laughs> like, it probably did. And, you know, so like, I don't know, you can't always see those things because I took my medicine yesterday because I was like, I was really like trying to get shit done yesterday. Yeah. Um, which I did, but then I also, I just feel like I came off very weird, but I was way more hyper aware of it. And I was like, oh, well. Yeah. But then I took yeah. my antidepressant and it's like, girl, you fine. Like, yeah. Oh, like, yeah life happens <laughs> so it's like they balance each other out um but yeah well it's always good talking to you laura yes thank you for having me hopefully yeah. hopefully this will works out now that i have a microphone yeah. awesome. and i know it's 40 dollars from amazon so i don't know how good it's gonna be but um hey. yeah thanks so what? much and thank you for sharing your story and thank you all for listening to the ADHD of Mass podcast. All right. We want to thank our guests again for volunteering their time and being a part of this amazing work and coming and unmasking uh, for a little bit with us. Um, you can find us at ADHD Unmask on LinkedIn uh, for now. And then we soon will be adding um, more more social media so look out for that thank you again and we'll see you next week